I'm your host, Madeline, and welcome to The Courageous Podcast, where you will hear inspirational stories of everyday people who will share how they found strength, hope, and faith in the midst of adversity. Let's get ready to be inspired. Today, I have Stephanie Kelleher, who is originally from Chicago, but currently resides in Memphis, Tennessee. She is a wife to her amazing husband, Brian, and mother to a beautiful three-year-old daughter named Brianna. She spent almost two decades building a fulfilling career in the corporate world by day. By night, she loved on families and mentored children in some of Chicago's roughest neighborhoods. After the birth of her daughter, she sensed it was time to let go of her career and shift toward her God assignment. Stephanie is a personal growth strategist, the founder of Becoming Her Experience. Today, Stephanie spends her days helping single women maximize their singleness and prepare for a thriving Christ-centered marriage. Besides her work, Stephanie loves spending time with her husband and daughter. She also enjoys girls' nights, ebooks, and Disney princesses. Stephanie, welcome, welcome to the Courageous Podcast. Hi, Madeline. How are you today? I am good. I love the whole Disney princess thing. Well, when I started Courageous Podcast last year, I was working on it. And when I launched, I remember you calling me and and just being that great sister and just loving on me and encouraging me. And I needed that because I was launching into the unknown with my own God assignment. And I had like no idea what that looked like. And I remember asking you like, hey, stuff, you know, I know you've got to have a courageous story in there somewhere. You had said to me, I do have a courageous story, but it's not ready yet, which happens all the time when I talk to people. And so when you were ready, you finally called me and said, hey, you know what? I think I'm ready to tell my story. And so that's kind of how we landed back ready to record. And so your story is a little bit different. It's really about how your faith was tested in 2020. And as you and I were talking, I mean, anybody and everybody could relate to this type of a story. And so take us into the difficulties that you faced last year. (laughs) Like you said, the story wasn't quite finished yet. And what I didn't want to do was prematurely come on and just talk to people, right? Or just tell my story because I like to talk. If I'm going (laughs) to come and take people's time and share, I'm going to glorify God, right? And the thing was that I could have told a story, but I've already told that story, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to always be telling of what God is doing because he's always doing something new. The interesting part of last year, I said, hold on a second, because God is doing something, but I'm not quite sure. And boy, (laughs) I was not sure at all (laughs) what he was doing. But I will say this, this is not my first time being tested in my faith, right? When I first really came to Christ, there was this man that I had been in love with literally for years. Now, I was only in my early 20s. So for years is a huge chunk of time. Mm -hmm. But I had been like madly in love with this man. And the Lord was like, you need to walk away from him. Like you need to let him go. And I'm like, "Uh, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And it was literally the hardest thing I had ever done in my life to that point was to obey God 
walk away from this man who loved me. I loved him. I, I wanted to marry him. I'm guessing right. he wanted to marry me. And the Lord said, you need, to, you need to walk away. There was one specific time I was literally in the bathroom with my hands in surrender in the air, weeping, saying, Lord, if you don't help me right now, I'm going to call him. I cannot do this by myself. So if right. you gave me this assignment, you have to help me. So that's where I would say my faith journey started. Okay. Okay. After that, I went through a discipleship program, which you know well, Chicago Master's Commission. It's a nine-month program, and I had just graduated college. Most people do master's first and then go to college. Well, I graduated college and then went to Master's Commission, Mm. and after that, I had no job. Now, that may not really sound huge, but I was not used to being without a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was used to during college, I worked full time, went to school full time. I graduated in three years. Like I'm a mover and a shaker and I, I was ready to get things done. And And the Lord was like, how about you sit here in somebody else's basement for three months and let them take care of you basically. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't like this. Well, like what's this theme of, can you do this? I don't like it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I remembered the faithfulness of God the first time he asked me to do something. Thing. And I remember the blessing that came with my obedience to him. And so it was in my spirit that I was not going to take a position that was not specifically a result from the degree I had just gotten. I looked back and I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord, I literally prayed for this specific position and you specifically heard me. I could have settled and I would not have seen the blessing of God again. And then (laughs) the Lord calls me to be single for 10 years, 10 years. First of all, he did not tell me that it was 10 years because I'm not that obedient. Like (laughs) I try to do what Jesus tells me, but 10 years, that's a lot. (laughs) Wait a minute. minute. When you and I were talking, you called it a 10 year man. I have never heard of that. (laughs) It is my 10 year involuntary man fast. Absolutely. I did not sign up for that. And I struggled for probably the first three years. It was difficult and it was frustrating and I kicked and I screamed. And finally, I began to become interested in what what does a wife even do? Mm -hmm. Why do I want to be a wife so desperately? What does the Bible even say about being a wife, right? And so I, I took that energy and that time And I really started maximizing my singleness. I started going after degrees that I had never considered before. I started learning what it means to be a wife, learning what it is to enjoy my singleness, right? right? And then somebody said to me, hey, what about Brian? And I'm like, who's Brian, right? And she's like, it's that one guy at church. And I'm like, oh yeah, what about him? I I started watching him and I decided that I was interested He found out that I was interested as well. He was like, yeah, no, absolutely no. (laughs) (laughs) That chick, I've been watching that chick. I know about her and that's a no-go. But the thing is that the Lord had already told me yes. Mm. In fact, the Lord had told me yes and more. I don't care what people say. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm a little reckless in that way. (laughs) My faith is a slight bit reckless because of, again, all those other experiences that I've gone through. So it was May 1st. 2014. He said to me, I think we need to get to know each other. And we did. We started getting to know each other. And eventually we started officially dating. May 1st, 2015, 
we um, went to look at the ring nuts on my finger right now in May 1st, 2016, I became Mrs. Kelleher. Amen. You know, but it was painful. Yeah. It was painful. At one point, I felt like literally an estranged wife. And I told the Lord, I feel like I'm mentally insane. Do I need therapy? Like, right, right, right. <laughs> this is not me and this is not wise, right? But when God says to do something and you know it's God and you're being held accountable and you have a tribe of women around you supporting you, fellas, a tribe of fellas, right. <laughs> a tribe of guys surrounding you and they're godly and they're praying for you and you know it's God, you got to defy logic. All of these things are really the culmination oh, of yes. you being tested over and over and realizing, hey, yes. which which courageous. One of the things I love to tell people is like, listen, if I survive that, I'm going to get through this. And if I got hey. through that, I'm going to go through this. And so that's what you were doing. You were trusting the <laughs> Lord at every step. But mm-hmm. then 2020 hits, you know, yeah. and as we we want to make plans, right? We have all yeah. these thoughts, all these ideas. Hey, I'm going to launch this. I'm going to look for a new job. I'm going to start college. You know, whatever that was for anybody in 2020, whatever plans that you had in 2020 mm-hmm. were put on hold yeah. for various reasons. But yeah. you did it a little bit differently. You trusted in the Lord and you waited for his voice. Tell me a little bit about yeah. that. Well, I will say this. Those stories that I just told you about are very serious milestones in my life, right? They they remind me of every time Israel went through something and they blessed God, they like set up a statue to mm-hmm. remind themselves of what God has done, right? And so those stories are kind of my statues that when somebody asks about them, I can testify undoubtedly with no hesitation about the goodness of God. And so when 2020 came, I said, okay. Okay, we're going through something else. But I know that regardless of what happens, it does not matter what happens in 2020, God will not be dethroned. And everything that happens is going to somehow or another work for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purposes. And so you were excited because you were starting to create this mentorship program. Yes. So I had done a couple, they're called the um, Becoming Her Experience, right? And it's a round table of single women and we just get together and kind of do this, right? I throw a question out or a topic and we have these conversations. Well, I realized that that wasn't really enough. And so I started working like a maniac, building this new program, like a whole one-to-one mentorship service. And I was so excited to roll it out. I had been, I had done a countdown and I'm telling people about it and I'm excited. And that morning, the Lord said, do not release this. Mm. And of course, again, it was like, am I hearing you right? I need to go to the word. Can I get a confirmation on this? Right, right. You know, it's like, we've been talking about this for a while. What is going on? And it was very clear to me that the Lord was like, absolutely no. So instead I launched like a Bible study. So I did like a, you know, a three, five week mini series Bible study type deal, but it was very painful for me. I don't know. It just felt like all the work that I've done, all the sacrifice, all the things that I thought I was doing for the Lord mm-hmm. were just kind of like, mm, nope. Like sometimes we do things in preparation and we think that we're ready, but mm-hmm. the Lord knows if we're really ready. And so he'll put a pause. And, and this is with anything in life. He'll put a pause on some of the things that we want to do, that we want to pursue. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the person that you think you should marry. Maybe it's mm-hmm. the that 
other degree that you think you need to get, or maybe that other job that you think is going to be better and greater because it pays you more money, whatever that is, he'll kind of put a pause and be like, yeah, no, I don't think you're ready for that amazing Mm -hmm. job yet. I I still got to do some work in you. And you don't understand it, but you have to be obedient because when you don't and it falls apart, you're like, oh my God. He tried to tell me, and because I want to do it in my own time, in my own flesh, right? And it falls apart. And so then COVID hits. You know, so then COVID hit, and I would have been out here having my time wrapped up in something that is important, but not what the moment needs, right? Mm -hmm. And so thankfully, Thankfully, I was obedient to the Lord. Oh my gosh. And I I said, okay, Lord. So then you know what? I was available to genuinely serve people. I I was in a position where I didn't have to ask anybody for anything. I didn't have to receive anything from anybody. I could just genuinely serve people as opposed to doing my job or running my business. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord knew that I would need that availability and that I would need that time. So you allowed God to still use your gifts to help others at a time that it was so, so needed, mm-hmm. understanding and sacrificing and realizing that mm-hmm. other things were going to come and that financially you would also be impacted, but you still trusted the Lord. For you know, sure. And then if, if things can't get any worse in the middle of COVID, you know, people are dying, <laughs> people are losing jobs, people yeah. can't see family then we're impacted with all this social injustice. How did that make you feel when you began to see this, knowing that you're raising a daughter, mm-hmm. right, who is biracial? Mm-hmm. How painful well, was that? COVID, if I'm very honest, I was blessed that COVID didn't really impact our family that much, right? Okay. I was a work-from-home mom. I still was a work-from-home mom. My husband was what they labeled as a uh, an essential worker. So our days didn't change. The stories that we heard changed and the response of people around us changed. Mm-hmm. But our little life, it didn't change very much. Mm-hmm. When the social injustice hit, that rocked me. Mm. And I think it rocked me so much this time because I perceived that the person who was the victim was more innocent than other people, right? Mm. I don't have a problem with justice. Right. I I believe in justice. I don't have a problem with police officers. I have always loved police officers. My dad has always been friends with officers. Uh, Mm -hmm. I personally have friends who are police officers. But when these events started to roll out one after another, it definitely began to catch my attention and I began to be angry and jaded towards white people. Mm. And as you just pointed out, my husband is a white man and take it a step further. My best friend to this day is a white woman. I've known her since I was 16 years old. So you can imagine I had some, some stuff going on inside Mm. of me Mm. that you know, me and my bestie are on the phone screaming at each other, <laughs> you know, and just like trying to work this thing out and trying to figure this thing out. And not necessarily about like even the facts of injustice, because the reality is that we live in a broken world. Right. We just live in a broken and sinful world. And there are lots of things going on that God hates, right? And injustice and prejudice and specifically like race, all of those things, God hates those things, but there 
honestly not the only thing that's going on, right? right. And so my bestie and I, I, I'm trying to figure out as a Christian, not as a black woman, as a Christian, what is my role in this whole thing? Mata, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I knew that 2020 was going to be a year of clarity. Right. I did not know how clearly the Lord was going to speak to me about racial injustice, about how racial injustice really, really, really is another act of warfare, about how racial injustice is a distraction from the enemy. When we look genuinely, and this was something I had to wrestle with, I hated, hated the fact that what I'm about to say was true. Mm-hmm. And that I had to adjust to the truth. If I'm a Christian and I love justice and I love truth, I have to know the truth and I have to be obedient and I have to respond to the truth. Right. The truth is, when we look at the statistics, officers are afraid to shoot black people because they don't want to end up on the news like the officers that ended up on the news. I was distracted by what was going on in the natural. And I was Mm -hmm. not looking at the heartbeat of God. Mm. And when I begin to look at the heartbeat of God now, my pain point and my prayer, I'm praying for the officer who had the audacity and the demonic thought to put his knee on somebody's neck and to kill him. Yes. My Mm. prayer is for the gangbanger and the robber and the murderer and the pimp. Mm -hmm. Right. Of course, I'm praying for the victims, obviously. Right. right? But God has shifted my heart so much that I'm like, Lord, if we're honest with ourselves, there's parts of us that hate people Mm -hmm. that God loves. That's right. And my job is not to figure out who do I hate? Who do I fight with? Who do I speak out against? My job is to go to Christ and hear his heartbeat. Another thing that I kept hearing the church say that was so heartbreaking to me was, well, we've already prayed enough. We have to take action. Mm -hmm. Here's my question. What are you doing to take action? Right. Because every time I have seen huge, miraculous God moves in any arena, It came from people being in prayer and Mm -hmm. the Lord giving them the strategy for what he wants them to do. Right. When Jericho, the walls of Jericho came down, they didn't go in there and just start doing stuff. They marched around the city for days. (laughs) That's right. I love that story. They were like, what are we doing? (laughs) Right? And so it's like, we we like, okay, we got to do something. I'm not mad about that. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad about the fact that we feel like there are things that need to be done. But what I am saying is, can we check in with God first? Right. Can we see what the spirit of God is saying first? We have to, in any circumstance, regardless of what the giant is, what the mountain is, what the adversity is, we have to go to the Lord and ask him What is his plan and his purpose? That's right. Because the thing that we're looking to fix, EI, racial injustice, EI, poverty, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things that we want to fix, 
God may send us to go fix something else first that has a bigger plan and a bigger purpose. And and that's what I believe I I learned overall from 2020 is like, Hmm. there's going to be some stuff that shakes you. There's going to be some stuff that rocks your life. But you need to hold on to the Lord. You need to be grounded in him and you need to hear what he is saying above what you're seeing, how you're feeling, if you're a man or a woman, what color your skin is, how you feel about the situations. We have to go to God and hear his heartbeat first. I love that. You know, one of the things I loved that you said earlier, and you had said this when you and I talked when we were prepping, was the fact that, you know, one of the biggest things that you learned is that you do need to pray for those people, for the pimps, for the police officers that are doing Mm -hmm. wrong. It doesn't make all police officers bad, you know, Mm -hmm. but if we don't pray for them too, who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And God may want to come for them even more than than mm-hmm. us, right? Because he knows they need him as much as we do, if not more. That's right. And I love that you said that because it put it into perspective for me. I'm like, you know what? Instead of being hurt about what this person did, let me pray for them because this is about to get 10 times worse for them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. this decision and, and whatever happened in the heat of the moment and how horrible that is, they have a family and this is going to impact them too. It's like, I tell my son all the time, one decision that we make can yeah. impact the rest of your life and those yeah. around you. And in our case, it impacted the whole country and, and even the world. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because yeah. of what some people have chosen to do. But again, in any situation that we make decisions, we need to seek the Lord. And I love, love, love that advice. You learned a lot of great lessons once again. What was your motivation to push through all of this adversity that you were facing last year? I was definitely encouraged by the fact that I knew it was just a season. So that was number one. And then number two, again, like, I genuinely, genuinely want to be a a woman after God's heart. I just want to seek Jesus. Like there's no purpose of me living life if I'm not genuinely bringing worship to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Then, Then what was I born for? Then what was my purpose, right? And so when people started bringing different perspectives to me, I didn't like them. I didn't like the way they were delivered. I didn't like the perspectives, but I had to look for the truth. Seeking out truth really motivated me to move forward, understand where I felt I was as a Black woman in this country. Genuinely, I was terrified to walk down the street. I remember once my husband got pulled over by the cops while I was in the car. I was terrified. Mm -hmm. My husband wasn't afraid. Being motivated to find the truth Help me to be a little more free in my day-to-day interactions and the way that I live my life. I was not as afraid and there was healing that came from that. And then the final thing was I have a daughter. Even before I had a daughter, when I was 18 years old, I made a really dumb, it wasn't even a mistake, decision. And I thought I was pregnant. And from that moment on, I never had sex again until I was married. Because my life was always motivated by the fact that there would be a little person one day Mm -hmm. following my footsteps, trying to live in this world. And so how was I going to navigate through this season following Jesus? 
Because my daughter needs to know what it looks like. To be real, <laughs> Madeline, right. you know I'm a train wreck. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know I have some train wreckish tendency. <laughs> but I want to be as holy and as godly as I can be. Right. And that means that I'm going to have ugly days. I'm going to have bad days and hard days. But That's at the right. end of it all, I'm coming back to the Lord. That's right. And I want my daughter to know that no matter what it looks like, no matter what the circumstances and the mountains and the giants, God is always on his throne. And we are not to bow down to anybody or anything except the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. So That's those right. were my motivations. I love that. I love how you say that, hey, I don't have it all together. At every point that I'm being tested, right? I'm failing, but then I'm winning. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm learning. And I yep. and I want to be a great example for my daughter, for my kids, which for me, again, I, I feel the same way. Everything that I do, I want my son to look at me and be like, wow, I'm really proud of my mom and who she is. She's not perfect, but yeah. I respect her and I love the person that she that she tries to be every single day. Uh, why did you think, stuff that it was important to share your story today? I just feel like it's still a little overwhelming, right? Faith mm -hmm. is a an ongoing process. Yes. Faith is a thing that's always happening and always moving. And so I just want to remind people that when we genuinely, genuinely do the difficult things, I don't want people to think, I think that it's easy. It's not. And it right. sucks. It mm -hmm. sucks some days, but, but being obedient to God, doing what he says, operating in faith is hands down the number one way to live the absolute best life that we're going to have on earth. I love that. If there's somebody that's listening to your story stuff and, you know, not everyone that listens to courageous maybe has a relationship with God and, right. and they don't go to a church. They don't fast. Right. They don't, they don't do any of those things. And that's fine. Courageous is for everybody. Mm -hmm. But what would you say to somebody that has maybe experienced some of those similar things that you went through that maybe they had a really tough 2020. Maybe, you know, it's a little bit different, but faith is faith, you know, and right. believing in the Lord and saying, hey, I know that this is a season, you know, what would you say to them right now to encourage them and to pick them up if they're still feeling the weight of what happened last year? Yeah. Mata, I'm that girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know anything else but Jesus. Right. right? I will say this before Jesus, my life was a bigger train wreck. Now yeah. I'm just kind of a little bit train wreckish every once in a while, <laughs> but, but there are people who are healthy atheists and they are healthy because they live off of biblical principles. Right. So if, if you don't want to follow God, I'm not here to, you know, force a hand or tell you that I think you need to, I'm, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to tell you, first of all, Jesus loves you regardless mm -hmm. of how you feel about him. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. And I'm here to say the principles of God, they just are the way the world works. If you live by biblical principles, you'll still get the biblical results of those mm -hmm. principles. So before we go, I definitely want you to tell me a little bit about your mentorship program. Mm -hmm. You know, you started this because there's a calling on your life to mentor women, to encourage women, to empower them in their singleness, which is a good thing and can be a good thing yeah. and embracing it. Right. And I love how you said learning 
to become a wife? What does that yeah. mean? It's not just yeah. a title. Ladies, if you're not married yet, it's hard work, okay? Hard. All right? It's hard work. <laughs> and so you've got to do some work in you to get to that next oh, step, okay? And, I wish I would have known that before I oh, got married, okay? So you started this amazing mentorship program. Tell me a little bit about that and why you started it. So um, Becoming Her is kind of the the whole brand. This specific mentorship that I have spent countless hours in and I'm super excited about is called the Her Transformation. Who are you as a woman? Are you the woman Mm -hmm. that you want to be? Forget men, forget everybody else. Who are you? How do you have fun in a way that is not going to be toxic to yourself? And then relationships, all the way from friendships, your tribe. Tribe is huge. The world tries to tell us we can't be friends with other women. Don't let people into your business. Those are not smart things. (laughs) We need each other. Um, But so from friendship all the way through what even is marriage and as a woman who wants to be a wife, what does that mean? Right? Right. So all of those questions about like, can I even be a wife? Can I have a healthy marriage when I've never seen one before? I have Mm -hmm. mama drama, daddy issues, all these things. It's worth taking the time and energy to do it now Mm. because there are too many women, as you know, as I know, who end up in marriage and then they put the time and energy into it. Then it's not the same. That's right. It's so much better when you do the work up front. Yeah, and, you can and save yourself a lot of hardship and a you lot can of sa- arguments <laughs> oh and, and, and maybe even divorce. You know what I mean? If, exactly. if we work on ourselves, you know, we have, exactly. I, I think as women, we have these really high expectations of what we want our husband to be, or, but because we don't realize, like, watching, are we ready? Right. You know, because we've been ready? watching Disney princes our whole life. <laughs> so I know that, you know, you've got many different ways for people to connect. You know, how can people reach out to you? And I know that Stephanie is offering a 30% discount to anyone who is a Courageous Podcast listener if you register for her transformation. Yes. So my favorite way to connect with people is through Instagram. Um, And you can connect with me at the underscore becoming her underscore experience. And that's just like a ton of tips, a ton of information. You can always ask questions. And I love doing posts and responding to people that specifically have questions about specific topics. And then also, I'm highly, highly, highly encouraging people to come through the email list, which you can sign up for at stephaniekelleher.com slash connect. Instagram at the underscore becoming her underscore experience, or you can go ahead and meet me at the email community at stephaniekelleher.com slash connect. And you can find a link um, that'll link you there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation, Stephanie. I'm so glad that we waited and that the Lord really pressed upon you to share your story now and uh, just to see the journey and, and hear all the amazing things that God has taught you through your faith and how you've overcome so many obstacles. And it's just made you a better person, a better woman, and someone who will be more qualified right now to help some of these other women that that need you and need your assistance. I just pray continued 
blessings upon you and Brian and, and Bree and that the Lord will continue to cover you and everything that you are doing now in Memphis. And even though we miss you in the shy, I we know. know that you guys are doing amazing things there and we love you dearly. I'm excited to see what's going to happen now with the launch of her transformation and all the great things that are going to come out of that. And to God be the glory. Amen. Thank you so much, Madeline. I think I did call you Mata a couple times. That's okay. That's Madeline's insider name, guys. That's my insider name. <laughs> um, those that know me well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the secret's <laughs> out, basically. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Um, All but right, it's always Steph. so encouraging and awesome talking to you. So thank yes. you for, for having me today. I appreciate Amen. that. Amen. I love it. I pray the story has blessed people. If you want to connect with Stephanie, please reach out to me as well. If you have any questions, I'll put you in touch with her. And I guarantee you it'll be an amazing experience. Thanks so much, Steph. Be blessed. Love you, sis. You too. Hey, Courageous Community. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you were encouraged today. If you have a courageous story or want to connect with today's guest, email us at courageouspodcast2020 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Courageous Podcast. Until next time, continue to be strong and courageous.